wired for sound. Glory to God today. Uh, I'm preaching on joy to the world. It's a little bit, a little, maybe a week early to start Christmas messages, but I decided to anyway. Just, just do it. Amen. And, um, I got my scriptures here on my trusty phone and, um, want to, um, read from that. Look at Luke 2.14. I'm, I, I actually love the Christmas season for the reason that so many of the Christmas carols that we'll be singing, uh, especially next month and some of our services, um, are, Luke 2.14, are so full of the gospel and uh, tells the story of Jesus. And really a person could almost hear enough gospel at the mall while they're Christmas shopping to make a decision for Christ if they would just believe. You know, look, I thank God for the big, long, long, drawn-out altar call and, you know, people walking the aisle. And we've preachers have added a lot of um, hurdles to jump, jump over to get people to accept Christ. You know, the whole thing of, well, if you won't stand up for him publicly, he won't stand up for you and, and, uh, that is, that is not scriptural. Um, there, there's some things there about being ashamed and all of that it had more to do with Israel than it did, uh, the, the folks coming along for salvation. So, you know, it's pretty bad to call people to something good to eat and then beat them over the head with a two by four before they eat just to try to make it difficult. And so in this day and time, I can't even believe I'm saying this publicly. I'll probably get hate mail for it. But in this day and time, um, you know, the way society is, you know that they say that the most terrifying thing for most people is not the specter of physical death. It's the specter of having to be singled out and stand up in a crowd and say or do anything. And, you know, we make it almost difficult sometimes for people to accept Christ and that's why I like the mass prayer. Just, you know, give them an idea of, of a, a prayer to pray. Amen. Lead folks in that prayer and uh, let them accept Christ right there. Um, my friend Chip Pace did a, 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 a message, a, a sermon on accepting Christ and the Savior, the scriptures and all that. And he said the most simple Salvation prayer ever prayed in the Bible is the thief on the cross who said, remember me. That was his prayer. Can you imagine that? I don't know of hardly any uh, fundamentalist or full gospel uh, type church that would accept that as the salvation prayer. So we've added layers and layers to what a person needs to say, uh, and they almost like we lose them along the way. I think we ought to just make it like... The Bible says, whosoever shall, what am I on this for? Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I've let, and Scarlett can tell you, I've led overseas, uh, masses of people just to say, 
I call on the name of the Lord today as my Lord and Savior. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died for my sins, uh, and um, and I accept that. He's risen from the dead, and I invite him to come in my heart and be a part of me, and I will be a part of him. I mean, just the most simple prayer. Uh, we don't even really have to say all that, to be honest. They could just say, Lord and Savior, and be saved. And so, you know, we've added, you know, coming down, repenting of all the sins you can think of, and then wholesale those you can't, and re- retail prayers, and wholesale prayers, and discount prayers, and and all kinds of promises and commitments, and uh, my Lord, it just never ends. And then wonder why two people that don't quite look right in the head come down on every altar call, you know, and um, don't mean to be unkind, but, you know, sometimes you just wonder uh, about our effectiveness with that, so... I don't know. I'm on a soapbox. Can't get off of it. <laughs> Christmas music is what I was talking about. That, you know, we can, we can hear the gospel in it. And the cool thing is the starting of this is joy to the world. And the reason that it's joy to the world, and if you look at Luke 2, um, and let's see where we're going. Uh, uh, verse 14, uh, the angel, uh, the, the angel that's announcing, um, he said, for unto you, uh, actually, uh, back up to verse 10, uh, the angel said unto them, you know, after he appeared, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Our experience with Christ and our experience as a believer should be an experience of joy. Now, I heard uh, I heard Jerry Savelle uh, say one time, and he had a whole teaching on this, maybe a book, on the joy of the Lord and retaining your joy. And he said, if the devil cannot take your joy, he can't take anything else. And... So often he can't take your health, he can't take your wealth, he can't take your your peace, he can't take your victory if he can't take your joy. Well, I'm just all for having a joyful church and a joyful uh, experience with Christ. Uh, you know, we can't always help our current circumstances just immediately, but we hang in there with faith, amen, and trusting God and believing him. Like one sister said I, to R.W. Shambach, she said, I want you to pray I won't have any more trouble with the devil in this life. And he said, all right, I got a prayer for you. Oh, good. If anybody could help me, I knew it would be you. And he laid his big hand on top of her head and kind of slapped her down like Pentecostal preachers did, you know. And he got about, you know, T.L. Lowry used to pray for people and about knock them off the platform, you know. And I don't know if they got healed or not, but they knew something hit them. Uh, you know, some of them got healed. But, uh, you know, just knock them down, rock them, sock them, prayer. And uh, he laid his hands on her and prayed a very powerful prayer. He said, kill her, Lord. And uh, she screamed, don't pray that. And he said, well, it's the only way to get rid of the devil is to, for you to die and go to heaven. And she says, well, I want to go someday. I'm not ready today. 
So nowhere, you know, Paul, when he prayed uh, for um, for those things, his prayer was basically that he would have a deeper understanding. Now, he, he did whine about the thorn in the flesh. I'm going to tell you about the thorn in the flesh here in just a second. But he did whine a little about the thorn in the flesh. He says, I prayed three times that it would depart, and uh, it didn't leave. And the, the answer from the Lord came back, my grace is sufficient. Amen. Amen. Folks, if we've got the grace of God, and we've got the joy of the Lord, and we've got the Word and the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, we don't need anything else. We don't need to ask for an extra dose of whatever. We've got it. Praise God. And Paul, that's why Paul said that I, that I, my problem, Paul said his problem was comprehension, that he did not fully comprehend how deep and wide the uh, love of God was. Amen. And that his prayer with all saints, he said, would be that we would together grow in the knowledge of grace and grow in the knowledge of the finished work of Christ. Amen. Whoa, praise God. Just a note on that thorn in the flesh. What that is, whatever your strength is in Christ, in God, in the world, in the church world, especially in the world, the things of God, whatever your strength is, that's where the devil will always attack you. Uh, so if your strength, like for me, my strength is boldness. It really is. I, I get way more accomplished in Christ when I'm bold. And oftentimes the thorn in the flesh can be an attack on that boldness. You need to pipe it down. You need to pull it back. You need to calm down. You need to whatever. And, uh, I mean, I've, I've had them say, you know, please don't speak in tongues too loud and please don't whatever. You're going to freak people out. And so if you're not careful, you start pulling back on the very area that God can use you the best. Um, and, you know, one of the other areas is humor. You know, I, I, it seems like God uses me to get messages over to people with a little bit of sarcasm and, uh, humor involved. And I've been told, uh, don't, don't do that. Don't say anything funny. You know, people could be offended. Listen, offended people, they're offended if the sun shines and offended if there's clouds. They just walk out the door offended and looking for something to further offend them. And so you can't, you can't be used of God if that's, well, Paul said that. He said that the messenger of Satan had been assigned because of the revelation that he was receiving. Paul, what's, what would you say would be the apostle Paul's greatest strength? Well, it was revelation. Amen of the Christ and the finished work of Jesus. Praise God. All right. Am I still on? I don't hear hear myself. Praise the Lord. So if I'm louder, see, it sounds like I'm bolder. <laughs> well, you know. So, here on 
the appearance of Christ, our Savior, onto the earth has been labeled good tidings. What's the good news of Jesus? Good tidings of great joy. Good tidings of great joy. Um, and it seems to go from good, in some places, from good tidings of great joy to sad tidings of great pain. <laughs> you know, and, um, he says that this, I bring this good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. So the, the gospel's for everybody. Don't get me off on exclusion of groups. Because, you know, we've got friends who, uh, I'll just leave it at that, a very broad concept there, but we have people that for some reason think that the only way to reach certain groups is to exclude them from ne needing to hear the good tidings of great joy. Well, if you don't have the good tidings of great joy and you don't have Christ, you don't have a Savior. There's only ever been one Savior prophesied about in the Old Covenant and then fulfilled in the New. So can I say this without being, you know, shot at maybe? Um, Abraham was never the Savior, nor surrogate Savior. The father of faith, yes, but not the Savior. Moses was never the Savior. Elijah, as mighty as he was as a prophet, was never called the Redeemer or the Savior. Only one. Okay, it's enough on that. Nobody likes that. David's caught stirring up trouble again. Oh, okay. Shut up. I'm just not going there. Just. All right. For uh, verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find this babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. This is all joyful news. And anytime we talk about Jesus from birth, to death, to resurrection, to being seated, it should be uh, uh, with great joy and, and happiness. Amen? These people preaching that Jesus is sad and weeping over all the sin in the world, uh, I don't know. They've lost their Bible. The pages fell out. We've got mad God. He's mad at everything, ready to pour out his wrath, just hold, barely holding back. We've got Jesus that's depressed and sad and weeping. Uh, and, uh, he, he's, he, 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 we've got the Holy Spirit grieved. No wonder we can't get anything done. 
the the Holy Trinity, the three names of the Godhead, are all needing counseling. <laughs> Father God needs anger management class. Jesus needs some, you know, antidepressant pills. And the Holy Spirit needs grief counseling. And, uh, you know, I've seen worship leaders get up and say that they were grieved because people weren't worshiping with their whole heart. And I'm thinking, well, if you, if you would sing songs that aren't so complicated and turn the lights on in the church where you could actually see what you're, you're trying to read, um, um, now I'm in another dangerous area. I figure I'm old enough now to say what I want. To say. Because Brother Osborne said to me one time, it's talking about an issue that I won't bring that one up. That's really touchy. But T.L. Osborne said to me, was sitting at a table and he's talking about, you know, this problem, the doctrinal problem that was really a problem. And he said, um, Man, somebody needs to speak up about that and say something. And I said, well, you should do it. You're the great one. You're the great T.L. Osborne. You've got all the, you know, you're the great statesman, elder statesman minister. You say it. He goes, oh, if I say it, they'll just say, oh, he's old. He's just too old, out of touch. He's from another era. He doesn't know what he's saying. He's out of his mind. He might be demented. And I said, well, he goes, you say it. And I said, oh no, if I say it, they'll chew, they'll chew me, spit, chew me up and spit me out. And, uh, that's, and I did start saying some of it and I got chewed up and spit out. So I was right and TL was wrong. Um, so anyway, I just love it that says that this, uh, good tidings of great joy is is for is to be to all people the gospels for everybody amen and there's nobody that's too far gone in the sin pit for the lord to rescue so you know you think about some of these groups you know like the lgbt abc xyz group i don't know they keep adding letters and, um, yeah, sure, you know, uh, uh, the Bible's pretty clear about what is acceptable behavior as a holy lifestyle, amen? But on the other hand, if we're not careful, we'll get to the place where we want people to clean up and fix up first to almost make themselves eligible for salvation. And uh Bible says that... We were all sinners when Christ died. Which proves the Old Covenant didn't save anybody, by the way. Just thought I'd throw that in. <laughs> Gratuitous slap. <laughs> okay. Moving along. Where are we? Are y'all having any fun at all? Look at Luke. Uh, we did. Look at Nehemiah 8.10. We're talking about joy. So 
with the Christmas season, let, let there be joy, joy to the world. Sometimes I think we ought to sing joy to the world about the middle of June. Because, you know, it's, uh, there should be a joyful expression of our salvation all the time. We should be so happy with what the Lord has done that people wonder if we're right in the head. And say, uh, you know, what, what, uh, what's going on with you? You know, why you just seem happy. What are you on? Is it legal what you're on? And uh, you can say, I've been drinking at Joel's place. Right? Listen, I love services where we crank up the organ and beat the drums and rejoice and shout and dance. There's a time for all of that. We really ought to do it at funerals. Somebody said to me recently they were planning a kind of in advance uh, somebody's funeral and said, uh, now we're only going to have like somber songs, you know. And I thought, well, that's what you think. I'm going to get on the organ and play. Everybody will be happy over there. That was my dad's go-to song if the church melted down into almost a fist fight. He would say, let's all stand and sing, everybody will be happy over there. And I said, the reason that song worked is because nobody was happy over here. So maybe at least, I'm trying to find Nehemiah. It's hiding in the pages. There it is. All right. Nehemiah 8.10. Now, I know the words are up on the screen, but I'd like to find it in my own Bible and mark it and everything. Um, He said unto them, go your way, eat the fat, praise the Lord, which proves we don't have to be vegetarians to walk in health. We can eat the fat. Drink the sweet and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Neither be sorry. Now that doesn't mean you don't apologize if you make a mistake or whatever. That's called manners. You know, manners and etiquette are part of walking in love, really. And it, we, we have manners and we have etiquette for some, for somebody else's sake, not for our sake so much. You know, sometimes there's been the attitude of, you know, if you try to exercise a little bit of manners or etiquette that, um, you know, who are you trying to be or put on the dog or hoity toity or whatever is said. And it's like, no, it has nothing to do with that. It has just to do with being uh, nice to people and courteous. Amen? So he says, neither be sorry. Well, in the South, that has a special meaning, sorry. It's called sorriness. 
which means lazy. <laughs> That's not what that means, but I could make it mean that because people make any scripture mean whatever they want anymore. Well, no, he says, be, don't be, in other words, don't be sorrowful. Amen. For the joy of the Lord, sorry there means sorrowful. Don't be sorrowful all the time, down, sad, blue, lips poked out, and Eeyore the donkey attitude of everything's bad and, you know, a cloud over your head. But the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. So if you need strength today in any area, um, tap into the joy of the Lord. Praise God. Rodney Howard Brown said that, um, you know, when he, when the Lord started using him to kind of bring a joy, a joy outpouring to the church, he said that a lot of people, you know, didn't like it. Even full gospel people didn't like it. Said it's just craziness. It's too far. He said, well, we've been crying for 500 years. Why don't we try laughing? Church is not supposed to be a sorrowful place. It's supposed to be happy. We're on the way to church. We ought to be happy. Oh, I was glad. Not I was mad. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Why? Because good things are going to happen. Like uh, Oral Roberts uh, said, something good is going to happen to you. You know, people get up in the morning, I don't know what's going to happen today. Well, I'll tell you what is going to happen for me and for my wife and our, our family. Uh, something good's going to happen. Yeah. Expectation. Expect a miracle. What are you expecting to happen today? I'm expecting a miracle. I'm expecting something over the top. Praise God. So if you're in a bad mood, get off, get over yourself. Maya Angelou said one time, I don't, just because I have a pain doesn't mean I need to become a pain. In the neck and other places. What other places? Proverbs 17. Praise God. Verse 22. Um, A merry heart does good like a medicine. But a broken spirit drieth the bones. Now, there's nothing, I'm not bringing forth any new exciting revelation here today. But so much of what we hear preached uh, in a church and taught needs to be reminders of the goodness of God. So here's a reminder. Um, if you if you feel a little down and you're you know kind of fighting some physical battle or mental battle or spiritual battle financial battle, get a merry heart. 
I just look at Blanche's face and it makes me laugh. What kind of a face is that? Bulldog face. Just look at the dog and laugh. And those ears are overdone. That's... Scarlett's stepfather, uh, Gary, first time he saw that dog, he said, Hey, Blanche, can you hear? Are you sure you can hear with those ears? They're big enough. I mean, they look like, they look like, you know, the Defense Department radar things, dishes going, you know. The top of a battleship. This is a great scripture, and you could do a whole teaching, and Scarlett's done a lot of teaching on this, and I think it's so important. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to, you know, lose patience or have some aggravation in life, and it's not a sin to, you know, man, everything's a sin in some circles, you know, uh, if you just get if you just get aggravated, you got to take authority over the spirit of aggravation. Well, you know, in some homes, if you took authority over the spirit of aggravation, people would start disappearing. Okay, that's supposed to be funny. Was it Gloria Copeland that said she, Kenneth said something that really was kind of catty and a little hateful to her and. She walked in and said, I decided not to be mad. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just a decision. And I don't know about you, but I think we all, Scarlett surely has this living with me. God help her. Keep her in your prayers. <laughs> but, um, you know, we all have golden opportunity to lose our joy. And we have golden opportunity to let uh, individuals cause us to lose our joy. And sometimes they're not even there, and you're thinking about them, and you lose your joy. So it's better just to not let that happen. I'm going to have the joy of the Lord. If, if you cuss me out and spit on my shoe, I can make a decision. I'm not going to be offended, and I'm going to walk in the joy of the Lord. You ever been joyful and you made somebody else mad because they weren't happy with your joy? Well, how can you just sit there and be happy? Well, because I decided to. So joy, you know, we talk about laying hands on people and the joy anointing coming on them or whatever. Great, praise God, not knocking anybody's special sauce. But I will tell you, that um, a lot of times joy is a decision that we make. <laughs> I'm just going to be happy today. I'm going to be joyful. Well, pastor, this is happening and that's happening. Well, welcome to the planet. Praise the Lord. Stuff's going to happen. Stuff's going to break. Stuff's going to, you know, be a challenge. And, you know, people are going to say what they're going to say and do what they're going to do. You can't control any of that. All right. Now, the the opposite of a merry heart, which would include joy, right, uh, is 
a broken spirit drying the bones. And uh, so I think anything outside of joy tends itself to a broken spirit. Broken meaning, not like, oh, they're so broken. No, broken means that it's not working. <laughs> the, the, the mixer is not working. The air conditioner is not working. The car is not working. Something's not working. So we call that broken. Well, this is broken. A broken toy, a broken dish, a broken coffee pot. Broken. Think of it that way. Not so emotional, a broken spirit. Uh, it can be all the way to the emotional side of something. Somebody's grieving the death of a loved one or whatever. You can feel so broken. But it also means broken. <laughs> like it's broke, it don't work. And so a spirit that is broken is not working properly. And um, you need to get over to where you can laugh in the face of the devil. Yeah. Laugh in the face of adversity. Yeah. And if you have to, you start off with ho, 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 ha, 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 he, he, ha, ha, ho, ho. Now you do that a few times and you'll start laughing at yourself sounding so goofy. Some churches should add to the staff the court jester. Come in with the over, over the uh, exaggerated shoes and a hat and you know the or two piece one or whatever. The court jester. I figured out part of Brother Hagen having me around as much as he did was. I would make him laugh. And then he'd like some of my funny stuff and he'd have me tell it. Like the little girl, and he loved this story. It was a little girl in Los Angeles. We went there to Dr. Fred Price's church, you know, and uh, every year and had a crusade and had a book table set up with all of Kenneth Hagin's books. There was a lot of titles because we had books and cassette tapes. This is how far back that was. Cassette tapes, you know, and and uh, individual tapes. Oh, those were just a pain. And in uh, hard plastic jewel cases, and they'd always crack during transport or whatever. You had to throw so many of them out. And then some lady would come with her pocketbook and plow through them, and uh, you know, about knock knock them in the floor. So anyway, I'm at the book table, and it's a little bit of a lull right before a meeting, and this little this little girl, little black girl, she's about nine, ten years old. She's got that hairstyle of knots all over the head, you know, just tight little knots. And she's as cute as a button. And she comes up and she's reading the mini book titles. Brother Hagen loved this story. And I'm standing back there kind of manning the booth myself and said, uh, she goes, The new birth, why tongues, in him, words. And she's reading the titles, you know, like that. And um, uh, one little testimony book of Kenneth Hagin was, I Went to Hell. And she went, I went to hell. She said, Kenneth Hagin been to hell? I said, yeah, he actually did go to hell. And that's the story of it and his testimony. I said, you should get that. She said, my Lord, he's been everywhere, hadn't he?
So we'd be at dinner, and Brother Hagen would say, tell that story about that little girl in Los Angeles. My Lord, he's been everywhere. <laughs> that same meeting, they were advertising a new book. The title was way too long. It was caused confusion. But the title was Nine, Nine, that's a lot, Nine Hindrances to Growth in Grace. And uh, this woman came up. This is in L.A. also. She goes, I need that new book they talk about. Nine things that will stump your growth. (laughs) And I said, uh, oh, well, you mean this new book, Nine Hindrances to Growth and Grace. No, that ain't the name of it. It's nine things that stump your growth. And I said, we don't have nine things that stump your growth. She said, well, I saw it at the Christian bookstore. I said, well, you better go back there because it's not in our catalog. (laughs) Oh, gosh, so funny. Those days back on the road. It was always. Now, we didn't have any problem with joy then because there was always some new person that was going to come up. And I told you about the lady that said uh, she needed a tape to help her life. And she said, you know, I, I said, well, here's the tape. And, well, that one, no, I have that one. It's not helping. Well, here's another one. No, I tried that. That doesn't work. Well, here's one on confession. No, I tried that. That doesn't work. And I said, well, I've got a tape that we just offer for free right here under the table. And she goes, well, let me see that. And I pulled it out, and it's a roll of duct tape. And I said, this tape right here will help you more than anything on the table. I'm going to put a big piece of it right over your mouth so you can stop talking. At that time, my friend Mark Brzee said, I'll take it from here, David. You go. He had more mercy than I did. Because I had been raised by a woman named Jerry Horton, my mother, who just says it like it is, whether anybody likes it or not. So sometimes it's good to have some of that. But it's also good to have a filter. If my mother would have been a smoker, she would have had the ones without the filter. Because she don't have a filter. All right. I got you, most of you, smiling. A couple of folks are giving me the stink eye, but that's all right. (laughs) Praise God. Let's lift our hands and thank God for the Word today. Thank God for the joy of the Lord. Lord, it's uh, coming up our holiday of Thanksgiving, and we we are approaching the throne always with the spirit of Thanksgiving. Amen with the voice of thanksgiving and giving thanks to the Lord and praising Him in Jesus' name. I'm going to pray for those that are watching by Internet. God bless you. And uh, if you don't, like I said, when I opened the service, uh, the, the preaching part of the service today, I said that uh, all you have to do to be saved is call on the name of the Lord for salvation. Say, Lord Jesus, just come into my heart. I accept you. I, I, I declare today that I receive the grace of God for the remission, not just forgiveness, but the remission 
of sins, removal of sins against me in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. If you And if you prayed that prayer, please write us there. There's a place for comments and let us know that you've accepted Jesus. We, uh, we'll send you some materials. We'll reach out to you and uh, help you with your walk with the Lord. Those that need healing, if you put your hand where you're suffering, wherever you have a need, Jesus will touch you there. Right now, I believe that in the name of Jesus. Be healed today from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors and growths to disappear. But Father, I thank you for touching and blessing those who are watching and are releasing their faith. They are reaching out by faith to touch the hem of the garment of Jesus the healer and draw the uh, anointing into their bodies, the, the virtue and healing power of God into their bodies in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for these things. Uh, those that are being tormented by evil spirits or mental illness issues, uh, mental health issues, Father, we thank you for touching them in their mind and their soul in the name of Jesus. Those that have addictions, they're addicted to drugs and alcohol and uh, 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 substance abuse, we thank you, Lord, for delivering them, but that they also are able to find the help they need to help them overcome and to to, uh, get the victory over that in Jesus' name. We give you all the glory all the honor, and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We're having a Thanksgiving meal today in the fellowship hall. We invite you to stay and uh, enjoy that. God bless you. You may be dismissed. Amen.